1: See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
2: Tonight, officer charged with murder. Four days after the death of George Floyd, the Minneapolis police officer seen kneeling on his neck is charged with third degree murder. Will the other three policemen also face charges? Calls for calm. Breaking news tonight. The mayor of Minneapolis imposes an 8 p.m. curfew with the National Guard patrolling the streets.
3: None of us can tackle these problems if anarchy reigns on the street.
2: The stunning images of a police precinct up in flames. Nationwide protests. (laughs) Outside of Minnesota, from Houston to Denver to Columbus, Ohio. America on Edge. And in Louisville, Kentucky, seven people were caught in gunfire after protesting the death of an emergency medical worker killed by police in her own home. Glorifying violence? Twitter puts a warning label on the president's response to protests in Minneapolis. Plus, Joe Biden blasts President Trump and says it's no time to encourage violence. America opens up. Restaurants and salons from L.A. County to D.C. prepare for customers as Disney World gets the okay to let visitors back into the parks. And it's Friday. CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road with how a high school rocket club inspired Sky High Dreams.
4: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news. A former Minneapolis police officer is under arrest tonight, accused of murdering George Floyd. Officer Derek Chauvin was captured on cell phone video, pressing his knee into the 46-year-old's neck for more than eight minutes Monday night. Prosecutors say he's being charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter. Three other officers who were there have not been charged. Tonight, the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul are under a curfew. That's starting at 8. And National Guard troops and state police in riot gear are out in force after violent and destructive protests reached a boiling point overnight. The police station where those officers worked was set on fire as crowds looted nearby businesses, burning many of them to the ground. Well, tonight, there are protests and marches across the country as tensions rise and tempers flare, shifting a months-long national conversation about the coronavirus pandemic to one about race in America. Our correspondents are standing by to cover it all, and CBS's Jeff Pegues is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Minneapolis. Jeff.
5: Yeah, nor that curfew that you talked about. It is a clear sign that city officials really don't know what to expect, even though the suspect, the officer, is now in custody. Uh, Prosecutors say Officer Derek Chauvin had his knee on George Floyd's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, including 2 minutes and 53 seconds after Floyd had become unresponsive. This afternoon, the county prosecutor explained why the charges came today. We have the officer's body-worn camera. We have statements from some witnesses. We have a preliminary report from the medical examiner. According to the charging documents, police were responding to a call of Floyd using a counterfeit $20 bill. During the attempt to put a handcuffed Floyd into the police car, the defendant pulled Mr. Floyd out of the passenger side of the squad car, held him with a knee to the neck. At one point, another officer asked... Should we roll him on his side? Chauvin replied, no, staying put where we got him. Prosecutors contend Mr. Floyd being restrained by the police, his underlying health conditions, and any potential intoxicants in his system likely contributed to his death. But the prosecutor says the preliminary autopsy does not support that Floyd died from strangulation. Benjamin Crump represents Floyd's family.
3: They were very clear in their position that it should be first-degree murder charges and the other officers should be arrested too. The 3rd Precinct Police Building, where the four fired officers
5: work, was at the center of the anger. I can't breathe! I can't breathe! After police abandoned the building, protesters set it on fire. The city warned people to retreat in case it exploded. At dawn, National Guardsmen rolled in to clear the crowds. Leave this area immediately. State police are here. You can see them behind me holding down this block. But behind them are the firefighters doing the hard work right now. They are dousing the flames, trying to save the rest of these businesses from going up in smoke. The situation was so tense, a CNN reporter was arrested while reporting live. He was released shortly after. Thursday, we went to KB Bala's restaurant. Looters had broken windows and even tried to steal his safe while he was there. Today, he watched as his life savings and dreams literally went up in smoke. You
6: know, the time I ended I was put into it, that's where it hurts a lot.
5: That, that was your dream?
6: Oh, definitely. And now? It's up in flames.
5: Minnesota's governor says the state has seen 48 hours of anarchy. He hopes some of that pain will ease today.
3: What the world has witnessed since the killing of George Floyd on Monday has been a visceral pain, a community trying to understand who we are and where we go from here.
5: The county prosecutor says he is still investigating the other three officers. In the meantime, the Floyd family has hired its own medical examiner and they will do their own autopsy.
2: The killing of George Floyd and other African-Americans at the hands of police has protesters taking to the streets and cities from coast to coast. Demonstrations have largely been peaceful, but in Louisville, Kentucky last night, unrest erupted into deadly violence. Here's CBS's Adriana Diaz.
1: Exasperation boiled over again today from Houston to Denver after protests nationwide last night. In Phoenix, some wore masks as protection from one epidemic while demanding an end to another. In this late night Louisville protest, seven people were hospitalized after a shooting, which the city says did not come from officers. The demonstrators were protesting the police shooting of 26 year old Brianna Taylor in March. Police. She was shot at least eight times in a drug raid as undercover police rushed her apartment overnight. Believing it was a break-in, Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, started shooting. Police fired back. Walker's 911 call was released late yesterday. Apartment number four. Oh my God. Yes, help. Help. Though Taylor was named in the search warrant, police found nothing illegal in the home. Taylor was an EMT, a frontline worker helping respond to the coronavirus pandemic. Her friends and family recently spoke out at this rally.
6: We're tired of fighting. I'm sick of it. We're sick of fighting.
1: Taylor's family is calling for the arrest of the three officers involved who were put on administrative reassignment back in March. Now, there are multiple investigations of this case ongoing, including by the FBI. There are more protests planned for this weekend across the country.
2: The death of George Floyd has prompted many of you to text us here at the CBS Evening News to voice your concerns and share your pain. One note that touched us was from Christina Gordon, who lives just outside Minneapolis in Plymouth, Minnesota. CBS News special correspondent James Brown spoke with Christina and her son. I've woken up at 3 a.m. feeling like I can't breathe, just like George Floyd.
3: The image of George Floyd with a police officer's knee on his neck has kept Christina Gordon up for many nights. Mr. Floyd is not a family member, but why were you hurting so deeply?
2: When I see that image, I feel like he is my son. I feel like he is my husband. And um, it's painful.
3: Gordon lives with her husband, Philip and their two children in a mostly white suburb outside of Minneapolis. But distance does not provide any comfort, especially for her son, Austin, a recent college graduate who has been profiled in the past. I was stopped
0: walking home from the community center, and I was questioned about um, stealing hubcaps from cars. It was, you know, jaw-dropping.
3: The latest death at the hands of the police has reignited a national conversation As well as a family conversation for the Gordons, who are all sheltered in place at home. What have you guys been talking about recently?
1: We talk a lot about Mr. Floyd and just about what we can do.
3: Officer Derek Chauvin was arrested today. But for Christina Gordon and her family, the answers are bigger than that.
0: It has to be more than us. This has to be a social problem. This is a question of humanity. Because at the end of the day, Mr. Floyd lost his life for no reason.
3: During this pandemic, the mantra is we're all in this together. I wish that behavior was evident throughout society. Sadly, we have yet another example of wanton disregard for life, especially that of black men. I'm aware that we can't legislate a caring and respectful heart, but the direction we continue to head in won't lead to a healthy place. It is my fervent prayer that we all will commit to actively engage in working on a heart change and model the most powerful four-letter word in any language, and that is love.
2: As Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Today, President, spoke, says he, President Trump rather says he spoke with the family of George Floyd, expressing his condolences and saying that they are entitled to justice. But tonight, there is outrage over the president's early morning tweets when, as the Twin Cities burn, he appeared to call for authorities to shoot protesters in the street. CBS's Ben Tracy is at the White House tonight, Ben.
7: Nora, President Trump is directing the Department of Justice to expedite an investigation into George Floyd's death. The president says that he understands the hurt and the pain in Minnesota, but his tweets don't reflect that. Tonight, President Trump says the violence in Minnesota must end. We can't allow a situation like happened in Minneapolis to descend further into lawless anarchy and chaos. But his extraordinary early morning tweets only added to the tensions. He called the protesters and looters thugs and threatened to send in the National Guard to get the job done right. Mr. Trump evoked memories of the racially explosive 1960s, tweeting, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, a phrase made famous by Miami Police Chief Walter Headley in 1967, known for his aggressive policing of black neighborhoods that sparked race riots. Twitter flagged the president's tweets as glorifying violence.
0: I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it originated.
5: I wouldn't know a thing like that.
7: Former Vice President Joe Biden, who also spoke to George Floyd's family today, said Mr. Trump's tweets made him furious.
6: You know, this is no time for incendiary tweets. Tweets. It's no time to encourage violence. This is a national crisis. We need real leadership right now.
7: With Minneapolis under siege, Mr. Trump attacked the city's leader, calling him weak, radical left mayor Jacob Fry.
6: Weakness is pointing your finger at
7: somebody else during a time of crisis. Meanwhile, the president also lashed out at China and the WHO, blaming them for allowing coronavirus to spread. The world needs answers from China on the virus. The president said he would give the World Health Organization 30 days to make reforms. He waited just 11 and is now pulling the U.S. out. The U.S. is the top contributor to the World Health Organization, and health experts say pulling out in the middle of a global pandemic is a really bad idea.
2: Tonight, the CDC suggests community spread of the coronavirus in the U.S. likely started in late January or early February, and that it went undetected for more than a month. The death toll in the U.S. surpassed 102,000 today as Florida reported its largest daily spike in cases in more than a month. CBS's Mola now on the slow, deliberate reopening of one of the world's largest COVID hot zones.
4: Step by step, New York, the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic, is reopening for business. Today, phase two began in five upstate regions, allowing offices, retail and hair salons to open on a limited basis. It's not just open the doors. And everybody has a uh, party. It's 50% occupancy in office buildings. A cautious restart today in L.A. County for shops and restaurants, among others. In Washington, D.C., Bob Cardis says he's been patiently waiting for his favorite barbershop to reopen today.
3: I've been looking forward to a haircut for quite a while.
4: At the reopening of the Grand Canyon's popular South Rim, today visitors were able to take in the stunning views. But as some parts of the country make progress, the Tyson Pork Processing Plant in Storm Lake, Iowa, voluntarily halted operations after at least 555 of its more than 2,500 workers tested positive.
3: They pretty much feel
4: that this is a, a death walk
5: into a facility that they may get the virus. They may die. They may bring it home with them.
4: Back in New York, a tribute to all essential workers, a nearly finished 20,000-foot portrait of Dr. Delfonso Deco, who, just before retiring, died on the front lines treating patients. New York artist Jorge Rodriguez-Girada. Sometimes you just have to step up and
3: find your own way to mourn.
4: Well, New York City might soon join the ranks of the reopen. Governor Cuomo said today he's aiming for June 8th, but he insisted first the city has to expand testing, add to its stockpile of PPE and increase monitoring of the areas of the city with the highest concentration of minorities and low-income residents. In other words, Nora, the hardest-hit New Yorkers.
2: Months later, we're still talking about PPE shortages. Mola Lange, thank you. There is still much more news ahead on tonight's CBS Evening News. Disney and the Florida theme parks just got some important news about reopening. The long road to graduation for a teenager hit hard by the coronavirus. Later, CBS's Steve Hartman on why the SpaceX launch has special meaning for a young woman who's reaching for the stars. A new spike in COVID cases forced South Korea to close hundreds of schools just after they reopened. It was only Wednesday when regular classes resumed as the country began to ease restrictions. But the next day, 79 new cases were confirmed. That's the highest daily total in two months. And the schools were closed again. All of Central Florida's major theme parks will be up and running by the middle of July. Today, Walt Disney World and SeaWorld Orlando got the state's OK to reopen. There will be new safety rules at Disney. Visitors will have to wear masks and crowds will be limited, though the company has not given specific instructions. A new high school graduate from Oak Park, Michigan, got something extra special with his diploma, a clean bill of health. Elijah Cromarty was discharged from rehab yesterday after being treated for complications from COVID-19. His lungs needed time to heal. Elijah received, you can hear it, a round of applause as he emerged to meet his family in cap and gown and with a very proud smile. Every rocket needs a spark to lift it off the pad. Well, the same can be said for ambition. CBS's Steve Hartman on how one teacher inspired her class to achieve greatness. Here's tonight's On the Road.
6: When SpaceX finally launches, a lot of Americans will be hanging on every vertical mile, especially this woman. Oh,
4: my gosh, what is going to happen?
6: Itza Rodriguez. What does this mean to you?
5: It's just a lot of emotions. You go back to when you were launching your rocket.
6: When Itza was in high school, that's her in the blue, she was in the Presidio Rocket Club. Oh, Poor and impoverished, Presidio, Texas was hardly the place you'd expect to find budding aerospace engineers. There's a thermal there. But as I first reported in 2012, they had a firecracker of a teacher named Sheila Candino. I wanted to teach the kids. You wanted something so bad, you put your heart into it. Grab your parts. Sheila was such a motivating force, her kids would get up before sunrise to learn and launch. And they did well. Using equipment that was bagged, borrowed, and broken. Where is it? On a budget of bake sales, barbecues, and a goat auction, the kids from Presidio went on to become some of the best rocketry students in the country. Anna Nieto is now an engineer at Aurora Flight Sciences, her sister Janet, a chemist, and of course, Itza. What did you get your degree in?
2: Mechanical engineering.
6: The rocket club must have everything to do with that. Yes. (laughs) Itza got a great job at Boeing, or should I say had a great job at Boeing. This week, she and thousands of others were laid off. And yet, Itza is as fired up as anyone for America's return to piloted spaceflight because we're not just launching a rocket tomorrow. We're launching a metaphor for these troubled times.
2: The world is going through this horrible
7: situation. A lot of people are getting affected. But if you go down, get up and start over again, you can do this.
6: And so Godspeed to this spaceship and all those inspired by her. It's a good night, it's a good night. Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. (laughs) That's awesome.
2: A reminder that it's Itza's teacher who is out of this world. Tomorrow, a reminder, we've got take two for the historic first launch of astronauts by SpaceX. CBS News live coverage begins at 310 Eastern Time, weather permitting. And if you can't watch the CBS Evening News Live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. Thanks for joining us this week. Be safe this weekend, and we'll see you right back here on Monday. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's let's sell this thing.
3: The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcasts, but we have plenty of time on the podcast.